Welcome to the 42nd roundup of the PPC Chat Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. GMT. I'm your host, Anu. I'm the founder of MindSwan, a company through which I aim to share my ideas about paid search, paid media, and especially my passion for doing digital reporting well through a tool that is already on everybody's laptop. Yes, that's right. It's Microsoft Excel. So if you want a free consultancy about what I can do for you in regards to paid media or cutting your spend on your data analysis tool or actually just getting into the paid media industry. So I'm really keen on talking to people who are trying to apply for account exec roles to get into a digital agency or, you know, entry level roles in a digital team um, in a company, please do get in touch with me um, and message me at hello at mindswan.com or get to me on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram with the handle mindswanppc. That's M-I-N-D-S-W-A-N-P-P-C. So in this episode, we have Julie Baccini again. Um, She's leading us in a very prime topic as we are now months into the post-GDPR era. Um, Privacy and digital advertising, can they ever really be imbalanced? So um, yeah, I do wonder whether any of you heard about um, the latest news. This made BBC News about how Google are being sued 44 million pounds because of a gdpr breach so yeah this is the time to talk about you know whether they are doing it right and they've got all those um the all the all, all the things in place to make sure that they're they're keeping um our data safe so yeah we've got that and lots more to cover so let's get right into it julie starts us off with thanking us for joining the ppc chat we're going to get to get a little philosophical today and talk about privacy and digital advertising but first um do you l- listen to music where you work and if so what do you generally listen to we've got agville defazio starting with actually agvilla defazio start saying um good morning great question when it comes to music when working all the time um i work better with it drum and bass when doing analytical tasks and switch to hip-hop or house when doing more creative tasks um i i I'm got in there with an answer saying hello yes definitely listen to music and depends on my mood my mood i can either start the day to lift me up with some gospel music and then i go to hip-hop old school r&b or just general commercial music if it's just like some mundane tasks to just you know i just need music in the background robert brady goes in with 80s rock when i'm pounding on more tactical work nothing when it's highly creative work yes I when it's something that I need a lot of focus on I don't I can't really listen to music anyway so yeah and we've got Mark Gustafson who actually shared a very nice um a playlist there a playlist from Spotify and I clicked through that one because I love discovering new music um so yeah we've got um the question one from julie saying is privacy something that you or your clients think about when it comes to digital advertising if so why or if not why not um and then yeah we've got um dogar thomas coming in with his answer to question one saying we as an industry have done a good job of training folks to see tightening privacy restrictions as a net negative um and then we've got Julie Bicini herself replying to question one saying I have not had clients bring it up very often at all I will broach the topic if I think they want to do something that might not be the best choice or is something shady I think about it a lot though um Mark Gustafson replies question one saying only from a legal front with GDPR compliance but honestly people have been complaining about creepy ads for years and they just keep buying so um yeah so it doesn't 
really seem like there's a lot being done about it um so yeah we've got um um yeah i i gave you an answer saying not really with our paid search clients we assume wrongly if we're to believe the latest lawsuit that google sorts that out properly on our behalf so yeah i'm not sure how much you know um abiding by the rules that google does um because yeah we don't really have a setting for that for paid search advertising it's just a matter of you know trusting that google is not you know collecting more data than needs to be when showing the ads and then we've got Amit Cabra replying to question one saying it's not something we've had to deal with much our clients have dealt with the GDPR rollout etc on their own um, and then yeah we've got um, Dogar Thomas saying I feel this article reminder that all the major analytics companies don't respect DNT so um, do not track is a great example and I'll give um, a link to I'll put that link in the details um, of this podcast. Um, and then Julie goes on to question two saying, are there any particular methods or practices that you will not use due to privacy concerns as an advertiser or on behalf of a client advertiser? Um, and then, yeah, we've got uh, Mark Gustafson giving his part two to question one saying, once had a client that I really wanted to segment their past customers by name and call them out by name in the image or copy. They didn't want to go that far. I've had success with ABM on LinkedIn and Facebook calling out their company name. Um, and in response to um, Mark Gustafson's um, answer to question one, where he said, only from a legal front with GDPR compliance, but honestly, people have been complaining about creepy ads for years and they just keep buying. So, um, Agvilla replies, exactly, for just about every complaint, there's a conversion. Um, Mark Gustafson replies, I hear Facebook is listening to me through my phone all the time, uh, all the time, and I've experienced things in the past too, but those instances don't make me leave a platform the inner marketer in me thinks that is as targeted of an experience as possible and I love it so yeah we've got one one person say things that they're going to block it doesn't mean that yeah it's it's going to really stop working um and so yeah before even any answers come in we've got um Judy Bicini going on to question three saying which platforms do you think handle the precarious balance of user privacy and advertiser desire for targeting data the best um and in answer to question two we've got Dogar Thomas replying saying I mean the biggest thing as a marketer is to be transparent I don't think there's anything in particular the average marketer can do to avoid privacy concerns at a platform level but it's incumbent on us to explain which way the wind blows to our clients um to answer question two as well mark gustafson replies honestly not really number one if it's against the law then don't do it number two if it doesn't help make more money then don't do it if it complies with the law and i'm making more money um i don't think i don't really think there's a problem at all um glenn schmelzel replies to question three saying rather than generalize and praise one over all of them i go case by case seeing if they let bad actors through if i spot a shady competitor in it in their inventory that's a strike against the platform julie piccini replies question three saying i think google is perceived as handling data and privacy better than facebook but i really don't think they actually do they just have less um less info about us than facebook does so yeah facebook has a lot more data but i don't think google actually handle data privacy better 
as well. Julie Vichini replies, um, gives question four out saying, which platforms do you think handle the precarious balance of user privacy and advertiser desire for targeting data the worst? So the previous question is, who does it the best? Question four is, who does it the worst? Um, going to question three, answering answering question three, we've got Dogar Thomas going, they're all intentionally terrible <laughs> at so many levels. The only bright spot is that the rhetorical tide from marketers is shifting. Um, so yeah, Mark's um, media goes in, diving in today's PPC chat and ready to discuss privacy, privacy and digital um, advertising. To answer question one, they go, it's not something we or our clients tend to address, but it has come up when we've discussed such things as remarketing or retargeting lists. To question two, um, to answer, yeah, to question two, they answer, there are no particular methods or practices that we explicitly avoid because of privacy issues. If anything comes up privacy related, we address it with the client. Um, and to answer question three, they go Google ads in our experience handle sensitive customer email list well when it comes to setting up retargeting lists. Um, to answer question four, they go, we can't speak to this currently as our platform experience has mostly been Google and Facebook and both appear to handle the balance well, at least when we've dealt with privacy related things. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Marcus Sisson replying to, um, yeah, Julie Bicini, where Julie said, I think Google is perceived as handling data and privacy better than Facebook, but I really don't think they actually do. Mark replies, I think people lean towards Google on this because number one, they have less data on you. As you said, it's not because they're saints, just it's not available. Number two, they have higher minimum audience thresholds. Interesting. To answer question four, Timothy Jensen goes, Facebook is an obvious one. Great targeting features from the past undermined by horrible user transparency and constant controversies. Um, to answer question three, I go, none of them really approve to be good at it. They all have way too much more data than they should, I definitely believe. And in answer to question four, we've got Julie coming in saying that it was obviously, it has obviously been a really bad year for Facebook with all of the revelations about things they were doing that most people would find objectionable and in some cases clearly shady. Has not stopped clients from wanting to advertise there though. Robert Brady then um, goes, but does Google really have less data on us between Gmail, Google Analytics, YouTube, browsing history and Chrome, everything in an Android phone? I think they might have Facebook beat. Um, Timothy Jensen replies, um, good question. Curious how much they actually have versus what they're willing to divulge. Um, and then Julie continues on that chat thread saying that I do think they have less. Some of the, those sources require you to be logged in and the Facebook pixel sends boatloads of data back to Facebook, Facebook in way more personally identifiable ways than Google Analytics does. Yes, that's true. There's a lot of unknown data that you see in um, Google Analytics, even though the data is coming through, actually knowing who it belongs to and what the profile actually is can be quite hard. Um, yeah, so and then Timothy Jensen goes, I frankly am super skeptical of sharing personal data info in Facebook outside of using it for access to ads and limited personal use. I never share pics of my kids there. Don't install their mobile apps, limit the personal info in my profile. Yeah, I think that's true. I think I always look at Facebook from an advertiser's ads and when I see 
people going all out with their family pictures and engagement pictures and as much as it is really sweet and is really nice to keep up to date I sometimes think oh you do not know what kind of access you're given Facebook to um given Facebook um so yeah Doug R. Thomas then replies to question four saying honestly I think Google is probably the worst offender they have hands in Every aspect of the ads process owns 85% of search share, 65% of browser share, 95% of display ad share, 90% of web analytics share, and 60% of smartphone share. So that's nice little set of statistics if you're doing a presentation there. Um, so yeah, we've then got Agvilla replying to... Um, Julie Bicini, where Julie had said it was obviously been a really bad year for Facebook with all the revelations about things they are doing that most people would find objectionable and in some cases clearly, sh clearly shady has not stopped clients from wanting to advertise. Um, Agvilla replies, certainly not. It's still a valuable and effective channel. Plushes pushes us as advertisers to be more creative in times like this. Um, and then, yeah, we've then got um, John Kagan then going, I do, but I don't listen. I work remotely from my team and I crave some degree of white noise. Oddly enough, a mix of Kanye, DMX, Stormzy and Toto provides that perfectly. Yeah, so that's going back to whether we listen to music um, um, during work times. Mark Gustafson then comes in with his answers to question three and four, saying, as a marketer, I want as many targeting options as possible. Um, if I'm not gaining um, PII from a platform, personal information from a platform, I don't see a problem. I think the big privacy issue is with data breaches. LinkedIn did a good job of preventing email scraping recently. Um, and then, yeah, and I said for question four, um, and Google is going to have a lot to answer for as well any moment now. Um, and that's a link to the, um, yeah, what I mentioned when I first started, when I began them, this, um, this episode saying that, um, yeah, um, Google has, are being sued for 44 million, um, pounds for breaching GDPR rules. Um, Julie then goes on to question five saying, what is your biggest concern regarding privacy and advertising? Um, Dogar Thomas replies to question five saying, my big concern is that I think the PR machines of the ad providers blinded us. I'm not sure hyper-targeted hyper -targeted ads actually work better. I'm not sure that web analytics gives you much more info than just tracking forms or calls from a site. I think we played ourselves. Yeah, I think there was a lot of PR around it to show that, oh, this is what we're doing. We're going to make it better. It's going to be better for you, more targeted. But I'm not sure actually how much that is actually doing for the account. Timothy Jansen replies to question five saying purely from an advertiser standpoint, not knowing if a targeted targeting feature that's available one month will be around the next if a privacy controversy results in features being axed makes it tough when pitching ideas to clients um and then yeah john kagan comes in with his and his answers a little bit late which to answer to question two he goes depending on the vertical we stay away from remarketing and crm integration we will never host client crm data on our own devices or drives either um, to question three, he goes, God, I would love to know that, still looking. <laughs> and in answer to question five, we've got Julie then coming with her answer saying, my biggest concern as an advertiser working on behalf of advertisers is having targeting and data that is available now 
go away due to GDPR, GDPR lawsuits and future regulations, especially with regs being made by people who do not understand the industry at all. Yes, that is so true. The I think that's definitely we have to comment about um, Mark Zuckerberg's interview. Uh, of Mark Zuckerberg's, um, you know, where he came in to ask, answer questions about Google and how they make money. No, not about Google, about Facebook even and how but they make money and how it really was about, yeah, you know, Mark actually trying to tell them, try, uh, telling them how the internet works and how Facebook works and to think that those are the guys who were making the regulations. Yeah, that's very scary a little bit. Uh, Robert Brady then comes in saying, I think some privacy concerns are overblown. Amazon knows my purchase history. So did your grocery store checker in 1950. My phone is tracking my location. Private investigators have been tailing people legally for a long time. Yeah, that's very true. So yeah, I do agree with that. A lot of people don't, aren't aware of advertising, very worried about certain things that have been going on a lot longer than the recent technology will make it seem that is allowing you to. Um, John Kagan then replies to question four, saying we find them all pretty similar. Google does put a lot of blockers on healthcare, so that is probably the best. Um, John Kagan replied to qu- question five, saying government government fines. And then in reply to um, Robert Brady, where Robert had said, I think some privacy concerns are overblown. Amazon knows your purchase history. So did your grocery store check in 1950. My phone is tracking my location, etc., etc." Timothy replies to that saying, yeah, based on the, on the inaccuracy of so much targeting and the many brands that retarget you nonstop with items you've already purchased, still a long way to go. Um, and then we've got um, Julie replying to Robert Brady as well, saying, um, I think it is the scale of the tracking today and also the ease with which data from multiple sources can put pulled together to create a detailed dossier on anyone that leads to the unease. Um, and then we've got, um, yeah, Robert Brady saying, agreed that people making the regulations are not well informed and um yeah and that's in reply to julie saying my biggest concern as of advertisers or working on behalf of advertisers having targeting data that is available now go away due to gdpr lawsuits and especially with regs being made by people who do not understand the industry as well uh, mark gustafson then goes um yeah robert brady makes a good point that google actually does have a lot of data we, we can't use as targeting unless that's where custom affinity audiences get their data hmm interesting um and then yeah we've got um timothy jensen also replying to um julie Buccini's, um answer to question five saying her biggest concern is about you know the some of the targeting not um, availability not targeting data that's available now going away and gdpr lawsuits and future regulations um removing that especially with regs being made by people who do not understand the industry um timothy replies yes good point as a consumer i do have huge concerns with how brands particularly facebook and google are handling data and as trust erodes further the pendulum will keep swinging towards cutting them off valid motivations behind regs but little understanding and nuances um and then yeah jason stinnett then replies to question five saying my attitude is generally use everything the platform makes available but now that you mention it i guess my biggest concern is whether that approach could ever end up coming back 
to bite me. Yep. So it's not just about Google knowing of all the all in these cases. Um, and then, yeah, Gogar Thomas then replies to um, Robert Brady, where Robert said, agreed that people making the regulations are not well informed. And Doug replies to that saying, what level of information do they need? The knee-jerk tech journalism out of the last Google hearing was more PR spend than actual issue with the question. He, kind, he continues saying like, yeah, some of it was dumb, sure, but there was a lot of ha-ha. He asked about iPhone, not Android, and not a lot of well, dude, what kind of protections do y'all have around political advertising on child-focused apps? Yeah, that's true. Um, Julie replies, without a better understanding of how all of this actually works, the chances of really terrible unintended consequences of regulation goes up exponentially, in my opinion. Dogar Thomas replies, yeah, I hear that, but what are the problems with GDPR, for example? I've always heard that it's super taxing, but if we had rolled with a biz case fire this case first track later mentality there's zero reason for say having a hundred plus ad pixels on a page that you then have to scrub robert brady replies it felt like they wanted a simple one-line answer when asking questions with complex answers if you understand what you're asking then the questions should be more nuanced than is my phone tracking me right now yeah that's very true um, and then, yeah, we've got uh, Julie Piccini going on to question six, saying, um, do you think ad blocking technology should be of concern to digital advertisers and do you use it personally? Um, and then, yeah, we've got Timothy Gentry replying to that, saying, I do think it is potentially growing concern. It is a potential growing concern, although there's still certainly plenty of ad inventory out there. I don't use it because I want to keep tabs on ads being targeted to me from clients, competitors, and such. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Mark Gustafson replying to Timothy, Timothy Jensen's answer to question five, where Tim had said, purely from an advertiser standpoint, not knowing if a targeting feature that's available one month will be around the next, if a privacy controversy results in features being axed, makes it tough when pitching ideas to clients, and that's similar to what Julie had said as well. And Mark replies this, I just wish the platforms were better at preventing any sketch practices so that we can play with nice features, audience insights from custom audiences. Please come back. Hmm, interesting. And then we've got John Kagan replying to question six, saying, in theory, yes, but unlike the pop-up blockers of the 2000s, the adoption rate is negligible, so it doesn't get much thought. Um, I then reply saying, ad blocking tech has been around for ages and Google or Facebook still has plenty of ways to get around it. I use ad blockers as well, but I still see some ads, not sure they work properly. Um, Julie Piccini replies to question six, saying, is GDPR a bigger concern, both where it is directly the law and or ripples it might cause globally. And in reply to question six, we've got Glenn Schmelzel, who um, replies saying to me, ad blocking gives end users false sense of security, like an iceberg, tracking can exist under the surface, whether the ad is visible by the user or not. Yes, I believe that. And that's what I meant by literally but the fact that there are still ways that Google and Facebook can get around all of those ad blockers. Um, Mark Gustafson replies, um, ha ha ha, yes, I use an ad blocker and yes, I see it being a problem potentially. I love not waiting for my YouTube video to load. I love not getting a million pop-ups. The bad ex ad experiences are awful, but I probably shouldn't use one. 
Um, Timothy Jensen replies to question six saying, I've definitely bumped into concerns with clients who target internationally with actions taken at the advice of legal teams that have limited our ability to track. Um, Julie Bicini then replies saying, I will selectively block ads, but I generally don't, mainly because I am always looking to see if my clients' competitors are remarketing and what their message is. And that's a reply to question six. Um, Dogger Thomas then goes, um, I do on edge on my phone because it's built in and it saves data and decreases page speed. I think the use cases for ad blocking should be front and center for advertisers. Why don't folk, folk want ads on the web? Because the ad networks are nefarious. Yep, that's true. Reply to question six, of course. And in continuing with answering question six, John Kagan goes, actually having a debate on this with London being one of the biggest ad markets in Europe, it's huge. If UK does the Brexit, when the question of it, the GDPR becomes null and void. Um, yeah, then the question of it that the GDPR becomes null and void, and since that is applied to the EU anyone else have a thought so yeah what would happen to gdpr and how do the rules change um when um yeah we if yeah not even if we like leaving the brexit is happening um about coming the end of march um and then yeah because um and then julie then replies to um dogger thomas's answer to question six where he goes i do on edge on my phone because it's built in and it saves data and decreases page speed why don't folk want ads on the web because the ad networks are nefarious um and julie replies and because sites run 60 plus tags on them for various ad or content networks or tracking and Marcus Knight then replies um, to question six. It's saying it's only a concern because people are encouraged to use ad blockers as a result of bad advertising annoying them. Yes, I am one of those. I have faith that it eventually means only good advertising will survive, which hopefully means the PPC chat crew are safe. Yes, <laughs> let's hope that we are all safe. Um, and then, yeah, and also in reply to Dogar Thomas's answer to question six about um, you know, him using um, ad blockers on his edge phone um, and saying that why don't folks want ads on the web because ad networks are nefarious. I do love that word, nefarious. Um, Timothy replies to that, and there are so many junky placements, interstitials and autoplay video ads just need to die. I don't care how well they work. Dogar Thomas replies to um, that saying many implementations are against the IAB too. Timothy replied goes, um, yes, I think most people don't realize the most annoying ad placements are not run through the major PPC platforms like Google. Yes, that's true. Um, Julie Puccini replies to that saying the Grim extension ghostry lets you selectively block by tag if there are certain words that make you crazy. Hmm, interesting. Um, Dogger Thomas replies to that, yeah, to be honest, a whole other discussion can be had about the ad blocking industry and how messed up that is. So yeah, you guys, if you don't know this, this it's a handle ghostery, so that's G-H-O-S-T-E-R-Y, that allows you to block by tag. And then we've got Julie Bicini going on to question seven. I'm saying if regulation will be coming to the digital space regarding people's data, what do you think is the most important aspect to address? And to answer question seven, we've got um, Glenn Schmelzel, who goes, um, regulation could 
require advertisers or platforms to let end users um, choose what they should see. It will be tough balancing this with fact that sites are paid for by ads, but regulators should try. Julie replies saying, I think transparency is the most important aspect to tackle if regulation is coming, letting people really see what any platform has on them and then being able to delete it or opt out of the aspect of tracking if they wish to. Um, Dogar Tobas replies to question seven saying, I don't have an answer to the problem, but the question is, can we have the current paradigm of behavior based targeting without individual user data? I think the answer is a resounding no, which means there's something huge on the horizon. John Kagan replies saying, I'm a firm believer that a set of standards and practices needs to be established. There's too many guru experts. You see them on your Facebook feeds that are in reality, that are in reality hacks that devalue our industry, share disinformation and prey on, prey on SMBs that don't know better. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Timothy Jensen who replied to Dogar Thomas's answer saying, um, I don't have an answer to this problem, but the question is, can we have the current paradigm of behavior based targeting without individual user data? And his answer is saying, um, answers are no to that. Timothy Jensen replies, frankly, this is opportunity for advertisers to keep with the times and adapt whatever comes. The principles of good marketing will always apply and new tech will constantly be developed. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and then we've got Mark Gustafson who replies to um, Julie, Julie saying that um, I agree that it has a potential to radically change things as we know it. Not sure if that will happen but the potential is certainly there. Mark replies, I think Europe can do it because it's a smaller market. If a large percentage of US users were to opt out of being tracked, I think we have a huge problem on our hands, not only with funnels, but also cookie-based attribution like GA will move towards people-based. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Julie going on to question eight, which I believe is our final question of the chat, saying, are your views on privacy and advertising different as an individual and as a digital marketer? If so, where do they diverge? Um, Timothy replies to that, saying, knowing the level of tracking that platforms like Facebook do, I'm certainly quite wary of sharing much of the same info that I'd, I'd tell clients we could use for targeting. Um, and then Robert Brady goes, the biggest weakness with privacy is that you can't regulate people into caring. It's not until the apathy costs them that people start to actively take actions, a little personal responsibility, perhaps. To question eight, Julie Puccini replies saying, I definitely feel like I am of two minds when it comes to personal data collection and tracking. Advertisers love all the data. Give me more. Personally, I'd like a little more control over the process. In answer to question five, Mark's Media goes, people blocking ads or switching to browser or search engines like DuckDuckGo is a concern as it muddles the tracking waters, so to say. To question six, they go, I personally use it, but I do exclude some sites. I still should be a concern. It should still be a concern. To digital advertisers. To question seven, they go, the most important aspect to address regarding privacy um, is the digital in the digital space is the security of um, P11 or is it PII? Um, so that's the second time I've seen that acronym come in. Because anyone, can someone please um, give me an idea what PII actually stands for? 
Um, and in reply to Timothy Jensen's answer to question A, where Tim said, knowing the level of tracking that platforms like Facebook do, I'm certainly quite wary of sharing most of the, uh, much of the same info that I tell clients we could use for target targeting. Julie replies, every time I see one of those quizzes on Facebook asking all kinds of personal questions, my literal first thought is quite a few of these are security questions used by websites. So I never participate in things like that. Um, and then, yeah, we've got... Um, yeah, to, uh, Julie Bicini going, there's absolutely a trade-off going on. I think that most people would say they want, um, say they want is to be, is sorry, I'll say that again. I think what most people would say they want is to be a little better informed on exactly what they are trading off for said ads. Um, and then, yeah, in reply to Jason's dinner, where Jason had said, I have some, I have the same gut reaction that a lot of people do when you learn just how much is being tracked e.g phone regularly recording your location but i do occasionally see ads where i genuinely think wow this is so cool and personalization probably enabled that timothy replies to that saying agreed i'm totally fine with giving personal info when i know there's a valid use for the marketer to use it in a relevant way and hey maybe give me a discount on something i am careful about giving up unnecessary info i.e letting every app see my location yeah that's true um and so, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, we've come to the, the end of the, the chat. I'll quickly end with uh, Timothy Jensen say, I will say I'm a complete sucker for Amazon's targeting. Definitely have bought more than one product than I was, <laughs> one product that was targeted to me, targeted to me as something I might be interested in. Um, Mark also goes, I think this is the main point from our conversation, in my opinion, something that could be used to dox them or cause them harm is a no-no advertising based on your online behavior. I'm cool with it. I get some categories could be embarrassing or sensitive though. Um, yeah. And then a dog, Thomas goes, um, and I'm still making the world worse because I box myself into a deeply unsightly industry, but I can at least see the potential off ramps personally as, um, an industry that leads to doing marketing, right? So yeah, that's is, um, where I'm going to, um, uh, yeah, leave it with the conversation. There's been loads of interesting thoughts and ideas about, you know, um, privacy and ad blocking and the platforms who are doing it well or rather not doing it so well and you know what that means for us how we are are personally with our data um, as advertisers um, compared to or we expect our customers to um, allow us to show them so it's it's been a very interesting conversation and i wonder whether it got a lot of people thinking oh should i be you know a lot more open with um, my ad blocking considering i'm expecting consumers not to use ad blocking against some of my adverts but i do believe that it does push us to try to be a lot more um whatchamacallit you know more efficient with how we put our ads together and more you know looking about the quality and what our consumers actually need so if the rules actually push the bad advertisers out of the way i am actually definitely all up for that so yeah i hope you guys have found this um you know this this chat very useful and took some great takeaways from it um i'm actually excited to announce that you know one of my first speaking gigs is going to be um on thursday at um the ppc chat live so um the brain labs digital actually do a live event where they host people to come to you know and they, they, they buy lovely pizzas and some alcohol for us to just sit down and 
have a chat about digital and the industry. So I'm going to be talking at the live event of our PPC chat uh, to the discussion that we have. So I'm actually quite excited for that. So yeah, if you want to chat about what topic I'm going to be talking about, which is going to be um, five ways that you can make sure that you're actually managing your account executives properly, you know, please get in touch with me. I can give you um, the information about the blog I wrote based on that talk. And um, yeah, if you want any help with anything else about this topic, any of, you know, about GDPR, what, you know, what information I, I've, I've been able to gather about this, um, this topic or any data analysis solution, please do get in touch with me by sending me an email at hello at mindswan.com or any of my social media channels at, um, at mindswanppc. So yeah, remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly. There's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye.